0: Welcome to the O'Reilly Podcast. I'm Jeff Blyle. This podcast episode is part of a collaboration between O'Reilly and Mesosphere. The two guests we are talking to together today are Toby Knaup, CTO and co-founder of Mesosphere, a company which helps enterprises transform towards distributed computing and hybrid cloud portability. Their DCOS is a platform for building, deploying, and elastically scaling modern containerized applications and big data. Toby is the main author of Marathon, Mesosphere's open-source container orchestrator, and previously, he was one of the first engineers and tech leads at Airbnb, where he designed and built their web-scale infrastructure. We're also joined by Gural, CTO at Portworx, a provider of persistent storage for containers. He was previously CTO of Dell's Data Protection Division and of Citrix Systems ASG. We also want to let you know about a new free O'Reilly ebook. It's called Building and Running Modern Data-Driven Applications on DCOS, and you can download that by going to mesosphere.com/resources, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes that accompany this episode. And now our conversation about many issues surrounding stateful containers and services with Toby Kanalp and Gu Rao. Hello, Toby. Hi, Jeff. And hello, Gu. Hi, Jeff. Well, let's start with uh, a quick overview of the differences between stateful and stateless containers and services. Stateless containers are
1: a very popular building block for modern applications. When companies adopt the microservices paradigm, they often follow the 12-factor app methodology, which uh, basically says that you should compose your application logic of stateless microservices that each do one thing well. And then these uh, microservices rely on external backing services that are you know, typically running not as 12-factor applications. Um, and, and so really, to build uh, modern data-driven applications or really any type of application, you need both those pieces. You need stateless applications that uh, follow the 12-factor app methodology for you know, building uh, applications in an agile way. But you also need a place to store your data, and that's where stateful data services come in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Just to you know, add to that, um, what we're seeing is that, um, and as people rolled out uh, these 12-factor applications, they saw a great amount of agility that the DevOps teams were able to get from quickly iterating on how these um, applications were architected, crafted, put together, and deployed. Um, but they were really managing the state, like Toby said, uh, separately um, as, you know, special, in special islands with dedicated people just to manage running the state that's uh, driving these stateless applications. And I think along the way, what a lot of people found is that they want that same type of agility in managing stateful applications as well, because, you know, there are a lot of interesting applications out there that require state and, um, and people want to be able to have that same agile interface Our cloud-native way for deploying the stateful applications, also, and so I think that's really what uh, we're here to talk about today, which is how these two, you know, can uh, live together, and uh, you know how DCOS has done such a fantastic job in providing a common platform, a cloud-native platform for people to deploy state and stateful and stateless applications.
0: And for a while, and tell me if this is still true to some extent, there was like a misperception that stateful applications. Could not be containerized, right?
2: That's true. Um, and again, I'll let uh, Toby jump in here, but uh, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it's hard to containerize a stateful application because part of the application state, right, lives outside of the container. And so, how do you manage that? And you know, the term cloud and cloud native storage kind of seems like at odds in in a in a phrase and how it's said. But the problem statement here really is how you can have an external storage system uh, facilitate how a stateful application is deployed. See, the application itself in some way is always ephemeral, even if it's a stateful application. But its state, if, it's, if it can be managed in that same cloud-native way driven by the container orchestrator, then you've successfully accomplished deploying a stateful application end-to-end. In other words, you've successfully containerized the stateful application because you're making the state aware of where the container is running, how it's uh, orchestrated, um, how it's going to consume the state. There's a couple of key challenges. And if you address that, then you've actually successfully containerized the stateful application.
1: And, uh, you know, a couple other things that um, you need to consider when you're looking at stateful containerized applications is that, you know not only do these applications have uh, something that lives outside the container uh, namely the data they also have different architectures than your typical you know stateless 12 factor application if you deploy or upgrade um, a stateless application you can basically restart the containers in, in any given order if you do that with say a distributed database or a distributed message queue it's you know probably going not not going to come back healthy right you have to Follow certain operational practices that are unique to each one of these stateful applications. You have to restart its nodes in a certain order when you do a version upgrade. You know, so there's there's all this operational complexity that um, these stateful services have that stateless services don't have. And uh, you know, DCS as a platform automates a lot of these operations.
2: Yeah, like Kobe mentioned, you know, um, the uh, you can uh, stick to the twelve factor um, principles on your ephemeral or stateless part. But what people are really trying to accomplish is creating that platform or cloud-native experience uh, for both state and, stateful and stateless applications. And you can stick to the 12-factor methodology for the stateless applications. But as long as you follow the right processes and procedures for handling the stateful applications as well, like uh, you know upgrades um, or ensuring data availability in the event of a node loss or disk failure, making sure that your application is uh, uh, you know, failure domain aware. There's a set of principles and a few and th- 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 that are different and distinctly separate from the 12 factor principles, but if there's principles that can be applied for stateful applications and if properly applied, and I, and I, and I think we've done that uh, successfully with DCOS and portworks, then what you're accomplishing is a Cloud Native platform, a platform that enables your end users and customers and DevOps teams to get that fluidity and agility they need, Uh, regardless of the infrastructure you're running on, could be commodity servers, could be a public cloud, could be a hybrid, could be some part in private and some part in public cloud.
0: So, and I think we've touched on this a little bit, but let's get more of both of your thoughts on this. Why do both of you consider stateful services to be an important part of the future of containers and microservices in the enterprise?
1: So I think... um... Stateful services um, are an important part of uh, modern enterprise applications simply because data is often the key intellectual property, the key differentiator for most modern enterprise applications. It's sort of a moat that these, these enterprises are building um, to defend their business, right? So to look at some examples, um, self-driving cars, right? If you have the best data set and you know how to leverage it and you know how to train your models best, you're going to build the best self-driving car. Uh, Internet of Things. If you have the best IoT data and you know how to process that in real time and build applications that are driven by these insights from the data, then you have the best product on the market. So there's just a ton of these examples where where data really becomes the the big competitive di- differentiator, and that's why stateful services are so important for most enterprises today.
2: A, a lot of uh, st- these staple applications have interesting properties when it comes to the type of data structures that they're representing. Let me put it this way: if hypothetically the world could all be described by way of just a uh, SQL interface, then probably stateful applications for enterprises and why they have to manage them may not have been that important because all of that could be dealt with in an island separately from containers and just be managed as such. But the world isn't that way. Most of these, if you look at uh, these stateful applications that people are deploying, these are applications like NoSQL, message queues. Uh, maybe part of some of them are SQL databases, um, key value systems. So the point that I'm trying to make here is that as people are inventing new software and new software architectures, they're equally inventing new data structures and how these data structures are consumed, the APIs around it. So what people are finding is that the enterprise developers, DevOps teams, they want the flexibility to choose whatever stateful interface and data structure of choice that they have. Somebody may want a message queue. Somebody may want a NoSQL interface. And so it becomes then important for the platform architects to use technologies like DCOS to facilitate the developers from uh, coming to the you know to the table with uh, their stateful service of choice. And so that's why it's very important going forward to focus on how you facilitate an agile deployment of these staple applications.
0: I want to ask both of you to kind of briefly talk about what Mesosphere and Portworx offers. Uh, first, Toby, we've we've mentioned DCOS a couple of times. Can you tell us more about the uh, DCOS platform for containerized applications?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, DCOS is uh, Mesosphere's um, main product. Um, there's actually an enterprise version and an open source version of it as well. And at the core of it sits uh, Apache Mesos, which is you know a very mature, scalable, um, production proven cluster manager. And so. What DCS enables is it's, it's really a platform for allowing customers to have a, a cloud-like experience um, on any type of infrastructure. They can deploy the whole range of workloads that you would see on a public cloud, going from container orchestration to many different data services to machine learning tools, data science tools, that whole gamut of applications with a cloud-like experience running on any infrastructure. So that includes every public cloud. Includes bare metal machines and data centers, um, as well as edge locations.
0: And do Portworx is a solution for running database containers? Can you give us more detail on that?
2: Portworx is a solution for handling any kind of stateful applications, be it databases or just the general purpose application, even as complex as Elasticsearch, WordPress. Um, what Portworx is, is a, um, a new software defined storage solution, purpose built for applications that are deployed as containers, packaged in containers by a container orchestrator, such as DCOS. So what Portworx is intimately aware of the application's stateful needs, the type of uh, storage volumes that it needs, its capacity, its durability, its encryption, all of the various properties associated with state, Portworx is aware of that. And all of these services are provisioned at container granularity in conjunction with a container orchestrator. So we're constantly communicating with the various DCOS components, figuring out where an application is going to be scheduled, the type of stateful service that it needs, all of that is provisioned uh, by Portworx. Um, We're doing the uh, heavy lifting of managing the underlying storage, the drives. The reality is, you know, storage has durability issues, drives fail, machines fail, So, we're responsible for ensuring the application's high availability of its state, of its external state, and making its external state available to it in whatever shape or form it needs on whatever system. The end user's experience, if we've done our job right, is nobody even knows Coreworks is running. It's silently taking care of the external state as DCOS is um, continually ensuring that the applications are up and running and uh, the application's needs are met.
0: Can both of you? Talk about business case for running stateful services on container platforms. You know, if, if we go back
1: to the 12-factor the application uh, paradigm, um, that methodology is all about increasing agility, building applications that are more resilient, more scalable, more highly available. And so 12-factor does that for microservices, stateless microservices. And so the business case for, for running stateful uh, on a cluster manager like DCUS is really to get those same benefits also for for stateful applications whereas traditionally those stateful applications are being managed with you know bespoke systems built in house or you know manual operations processes uh, which are error prone running these on a on a cluster manager like DCS allows companies to get the agility to have these things automated uh, to a high degree so the they are self-healing when they fail so they can be scaled up elastically when demand increases. So all of those same benefits that people love for stateless ac- applications you know, also translate to stateful applications.
2: Yeah, I think Toby hit the nail on the head. It, it really is about agility. The core business benefit is really around agility. And what I mean by that is, Um, If you don't deploy Staple applications um, the way we're prescribing, with uh, running them uh, via Container Orchestrator, well then you're going to end up having to manage these applications uh, in a silo. Um, You probably have dedicated people to managing that Staple application, and they then become responsible for any ads, moves, and changes. You're essentially introducing a person in the process, which um, is uh, probably not the Agile way of doing things. Here, with this, um, you are putting a platform in place where you um, are allowing for automation. You're allowing for programmatic provisioning of the stateful services. You're giving the controls back to the end user, so you don't have a ticket in the system. You don't have a person to go in and provision or allocate the storage. And I would say equally importantly, you're programming to a common uh, denominator platform where you don't care if this platform is running on AWS or Azure or on-prem. It sort of all looks and feels and is consumed the same way. So you're not turning, deploying a stateful application into a matrix of what application and what infrastructure and who's taking care of it. You're just leveraging the modern new, new technologies like Portworx and DCOS to to solve that problem for you comes back to agility.
0: Are there specific industries where you see stateful services as being particularly useful? So we
1: really see use cases across uh, really every industry because um, you know every industry is uh, learning that uh, data is becoming a big competitive advantage. You know, there's there's some industries that are further ahead than others, and um, you know where we see a lot of traction right now is really uh, Internet of Things workloads, um, you know, industrial IoT. Connected cars, um, personalization, we, we, we know that from like product recommendations online, but there's many other use cases like um, you know recommending movies and movie streaming services. And uh, you know really any application that is driven by machine learning and AI also and relies on vast amounts of data being processed. So um, you know the list goes on in financial services um, for, for modeling, for, for fraud analysis. Um, we really find those use cases in every industry.
0: Well both of your companies have relatively recently announced projects related to running Kubernetes. Can you talk about how Kubernetes fits into the stateful landscape in general and then into your company's offerings Toby?:
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know we've actually been a contributor to Kubernetes uh, since its early days uh, before 1.0. you know we saw very early on the enthusiasm uh, especially among the developer crowd behind Kubernetes and our vision for DCS has always been to be a platform for running any type of workload on any type of infrastructure. So Kubernetes being a container orchestrator, that is one type of workload that DCOS has supported from the beginning. You know, We've built our own container orchestrator called Marathon. But what's really important to us is uh, that our customers have choice. So they can choose between Marathon and Kubernetes on, on DCUS. And in addition to, to being a great platform for container orchestration, DCOS also supports many other workloads so, and, and orchestrates them in a, in a cloud-like way. So distributed databases like Cassandra, distributed message queues like Kafka, machine learning workloads uh, like Spark and TensorFlow. So things that tend to be very complicated to, uh, to orchestrate and run in a production-grade way. So you know the best analogy to, to what DCOS is, is really it's that control plane that every cloud provider has behind the scenes that they use to offer you know, Kubernetes as a service, um, database as a service, and so on. Uh, DCS is that same kind of control plane that our customers can take on any infrastructure, any cloud provider, as well as their own data centers to get a cloud-like experience.
2: Um, I should point out over here that you know, there's this interface called CSI, Container Storage Interfaces, that uh, we've all been working on jointly. Actually, uh, Ben Hinman, one of the co-founders uh, of Mesosphere, had initially come up with a proposal around CSI. And it is that mechanism uh, by which how these uh, schedulers such as Kubernetes and Marathon communicate with the storage platform. But really, the goal is, like Toby put it, to tie it all together with um, an uh, an overall platform experience that
0: DCOs provides. And to wrap up, if a CTO or CIO is looking to incorporate containerized stateful services into their organization's architecture, where should one start?
1: Yeah. So my advice would be to uh, first of all picking the right Data services, the right uh, databases and message queues is a really critical decision because uh, a lot of applications nowadays are um, really data driven. And so making the right technical decision there is, has you know, consequences for a long time. So picking the message queue that fits your needs, um, picking the right database that, that fits your needs and so on is critical. And because a lot of modern applications also run on hybrid infrastructure, they are not, you know, no longer contained to one cloud or or one data center. It's important to have a way to provision these data services on a very diverse set of infrastructures. So my advice is to, to decouple what you're running from from where you're running it, and uh, picking a platform that can allow you to, you know, that allows you choice of various different data services, so you can pick the right one that uh, solves your problem. And that also allows you to run that on whichever infrastructure you need, any cloud provider, your own machines, edge locations, um, even crazy locations like cruise ships, which we've done for one of our customers.
2: For me, uh, what I would say is, you know, there's an, managing stateful applications is hard. Um, but, you know, if I had to summarize things, um, I would say three top things come to mind or uh, three top pieces of advice that I would give. The first one is that, you know, s- storage. It has a life cycle beyond the application as well. And durability counts. So what I'm trying to say here is that day one operations is easy, right? What I mean by day one operations is if somebody had to just demonstrate getting MySQL up and running in a container, it's a no brainer. It's easy to do. That's not really where the hard problem is. Day two and day three are where the challenges come in. What I mean by that is where and tear kicks in. You start losing drives. You start having um, nodes go offline. And um, so the, typically I would put those in day two operations. And day three is you probably have a disaster. Maybe uh, you actually lost some drives permanently and you need to recover, the, re- recover and restore it, probably from backups or probably from replicated sites. So you need to think about a solution that covers all of these things. Most importantly, in a container orchestrated manner, because these are not net new problems. These problems have existed, but solved differently. We solved them differently for bare metal systems, We've solved them as an ecosystem differently for virtualized infrastructure. And now, again, we have to solve it differently for applications that are inherently running distributed, containerized. And so an example would be an application is not just one container, right? It's a stack of containers running on different systems, different uh, machines. So one machine may fail, the other machines may continue to work. And how are you going to deal with the durability issues? So that's one bucket that comes to mind. The second bucket that comes to mind is that you know uh, back to the state living on. um, uh, How do you do audit control? How do you uh, what what are your metrics look like? So an example would be: It's easy to say at any point in time I have a few thousand containers running, but uh, how many actual volumes do you have in your system? Where do they live? What data do they contain? Who allocated them? So you need to put right from the beginning: Choose a product that has all of these metrics in place that understand how to do these things. Again, uh, cloud natively at container granularity. The third thing that I would impart as advice would be that don't underestimate the effect of cloud native operations and multi-cloud going down the line. So with technologies like DCOS and containers and um, the schedulers like Marathon and Kubernetes and Portworx, you have the necessary ingredients in place to not lock yourself into a particular implementation or a particular cloud provider. So in other words, you no longer have to architect to the nuances of EBS volumes or the nuances of how managed disks work. You can program to a common denominator platform that is offering a richer set of services, and you can leverage this to implement hybrid cloud workflows, being able to burst applications from one cloud provider to another or from on-prem to multi-cloud. Your end users, um, again, talking to the CTR, CIO, your end users, your internal DevOps teams are going to ask for these agile, richer set of features. So as you're doing this replatforming, platforming, keep these three things in mind.
0: Well, I'm going to ask both of you to tell our listeners where to find out more information about you and your activities, websites, blogs, Twitter, etc. Toby?
1: Yeah, more information. Um, we have our company blog is pretty active. So mesosphere.com slash blog, a lot of articles there around uh, running stateful services and other types of workloads on DCUS. Or you could follow me um, on on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle is SuperGunter. And, um, you know, I I tweet a lot about these modern types of applications
0: as well. And Gu?
2: Yeah, so um, our uh, main company website, portworks.com, that's P-O-R-T-W-O-R-X.com, would be the first place to start. We have a lot of great information on our blog site, which is portworks.com slash blog.
0: Well, Toby Knopp, CTO and co-founder of Mesosphere. And... Rao, CTO and co-founder of Portworks, thank you very much for speaking with us. Thanks for having us, Jeff. Thanks for having us. And thank you for listening. For the O'Reilly Podcast, I'm
2: Jeff Blyle.